Hey everyone, welcome to the Planned, Prepped, and Productive Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Spackman, registered dietitian and mom of three, and believer in peaceful, easy, but also homemade family meals. On this podcast, I'm helping moms master mealtime and become the boss of their kitchen. As you do this, you'll find more peaceful meals through prep and planning. We will do this by focusing on four pillars for making mealtime manageable, doable, and if you give it a chance, maybe even fun. The four pillars are mindset and self-care, planning and organization, meal planning, and meal prep. This is episode number 71, Vegan Cooking with Brigitte Jem of Vegan Family Kitchen. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast today. I'm really excited to introduce you to our guest this week. Um, She actually reached out to me via email and said, hey, I do what you do, but I'm vegan. Do you think your audience would be interested in learning more about vegan cooking? Um, I know we've got a wide variety of diets and preferences here on the podcast, but I thought we can all always use a little bit of advice on how to eat more vegetables in our life, and who better to learn that from than somebody who eats all plant-based. So I was excited to welcome her on the podcast, and she shared a wealth of information, and I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. So let me just give her a quick introduction, and we will dive right into the podcast. Brigitte is the chief meal planner and founder at veganfamilykitchen.com. She is passionate about how the simple and often hated question, what's for dinner, connects us to the health of our families, communities, and the planet. Brigitte was born on a farm near Montreal, Canada, and she became passionate about reducing our environmental footprint. So after moving to the West Coast and becoming a mother, she decided to adopt a fully plant-based diet. In 2015, she left her career as a research manager in academia to become a vegan food educator. She uses her free challenges and vegan meal plan subscription service to teach beginners the art of meal planning and batch cooking so that busy people and families can enjoy more plant-based meals without the headaches. So let's go ahead and dive right into the interview. All right, everyone. I'm so excited to welcome my guest today. I have Brigitte Jim from the Vegan Family Kitchen here today, and she's here to talk about vegan cooking and vegan meal prep. And when she reached out to be on the podcast, I was really excited um, because this is not an area that I have a lot of expertise, but I know a lot of you are probably looking for information on how you can make meal planning and meal prep work for your family, especially if you are looking to eat more of a plant-based diet. So welcome, Brigitte. Thank you for having me. It's It feels like home to be on a place called Planned, Prepped, and Productive. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Amen to that. All right. So can you just go ahead? Um, I gave you just a brief intro there, but can you tell me a little bit about who you are and what exactly it is that you do? Hello, my name is Brigitte and I'm a dishwashing machine. Um, <laughs> just just kidding, but I'm sure a few other people who are listening to this will feel the same way trying to feed a couple of children and uh, my husband and myself with good foods. And that means doing a little bit more dishes sometimes, right? My uh, my formal training is very academic. I'm a social scientist by, by training. I worked for 15 years as a researcher, as a project manager in universities. But I, at the same time, I was always a little bit of a tree hugger. Like I was a big advocate for cycling to work in particular. And when I was pregnant with my second child, 
I just became very impatient about the work I was involved in. It felt like we had so such big problems, you know, from pollution to poverty. And the research we were doing was just not going to make a serious dent into any of those problems anytime soon. And so I started educating myself compulsively about solution. And one thing that became clear to me was that if there was one area in which we could intervene, it was in reducing the amount of meat that humans in developed countries eat on a daily basis. And that can help with pollution and it can help with health and it can help with so many things. And so at first I decided to try it for myself by cooking plant-based meals at home. And then my baby was born, my second child and, and last, and I started breastfeeding in earnest again. And I decided that um, more for ethical reasons, I would, I would also cut out milk and eggs. And to be perfectly honest at that time, I had been working for many years, but I really wanted to spend a little more time with my children while they were little. And uh, so I decided not to return to my job after parental leave. And instead, I started this tiny little business that's called Vegan Family Kitchen. I see myself as a food vegan food educator. Most of my work now is similar to yours in that I'm helping people who want to become uh, meal planning and batch cooking wizards, um, but with the twist that we only use uh, whole foods, plant-based ingredients in my kitchen. Very cool. Well, that sounds like a great place to be and a cool way to maybe make a difference in a different way than you were doing in your academic work. So that's very exciting. So Let's dive in. When you first started eating a plant-based diet, you kind of introduced when you made that change. What were the biggest problems that you faced as you tried to figure out cooking and meal prep um, from a plant-based perspective? Yeah, when I when I first started cooking that way on a more regular basis, uh, I had been living on my own for many years, like I was 35 years old, and I thought I knew what I was doing when it came to meal planning. But going vegan just completely blew the top off my cooking house. Like mm -hmm. it was the hardest thing for me to decide what to eat and what to cook for us. I just realized I had a, a pretty narrow knowledge of nutrition and food compared to what I thought I had. I think, you know, a lot of people think that going vegan is a restrictive thing, right? There's all these things you can't eat anymore. But to me, it was the opposite. Like when you start peeking into the world of like vegan food blogs and cookbooks, it's like, holy macaroni, you discover amazing and delicious new ingredients and, and recipes you did not even know existed or were possible. And that was so overwhelming for me because there were so many choices all of a sudden, you know, it was no longer just like chicken, beef or you know, pork kind of thing, you know, or fish, it, it became just a, a whole, um, you know, list of hundreds of possible ingredients that were suddenly, you know, wanting my attention and to be on my plate. Uh, and I, I had a, I put a bit of pressure on myself the, because I wanted to learn really quickly to make really good, different vegan meals. Um, because my husband and I had first bonded over good food. He's quite the foodie, like a sophisticated eater. And I personally was sure that I didn't want to cook meat anymore, but I was not ready to have an argument with him about it. And <laughs> I knew that um, if the food was really good, he would just eat it because we always ate lots of different things. So I was thinking, you know, I'm not going to tell him, I'm just going to cook vegan food. And, but I, uh, 
you know, that was definitely a, a bit of pressure that I put on myself there, but it, it didn't work. It took almost, you know, six weeks to two months before he realized, hey, when was the last time we had like a roast chicken? And I was like, um, I don't do that anymore. <laughs> I was like, what? Um, so, so it was worth it because it was a good experiment um, for him to discover that he actually liked the food without having big chunks of meat in it. I love that. And I love that idea that um, I think this can be applied to kind of any dietary change that we make that instead of thinking of it as limiting, it can be an opportunity for us to learn how much abundance there really is out there when we um, see these different opportunities. Um, totally. So what particular unique challenges did you have to overcome? You mentioned um, making food that was good for your husband. Is there anything else that you had to overcome as you started meal planning and meal prepping in a vegan sense that's different from a traditional diet? Yeah, you know, uh, that was almost seven years ago now for me. Um, I think if I was starting again today, eating vegan right now is so easy now. I mean, you don't even have to change how you're cooking, at least not at first, right? If the one thing you're worried about is that you don't want to eat animals, right? Um, there are now so many perfectly delicious, ready-made meat analogs that it used to be just at the, you know, special woohoo grocery stores, but now it's in every supermarket that you can buy those, those replacements. They may not taste exactly the same. In fact, I think some of them, especially the turkey replacements are better <laughs> than the original. <laughs> I never liked turkey. Um, but they can slip into that role that the meat played in a lot of the convention, the, the meat played in the conventional dishes. Uh, for example, you know, I think most of the conventional cooking is a three-part dinner, right? You have meat, yeah. you have one vegetable, maybe two, and something starchy like potatoes or pasta. Uh, so if that's what you want to keep on doing, the alternatives are there. Um, the challenge comes that um, if you want to eat a more whole foods, plant-based diet, because eating all those ready-made products, the processed food, it means adding a lot of sodium and fat to your dish. That's on a level quite comparable to eating meat. And now that I'm getting a little older um, and my children are growing, and also unfortunately last year, I, I lost my father to basically a lifelong of poor dietary choices. Well, now I'm really keenly aware about my health and uh, that of my, my family. And I wanna give us the best possible future I can. So I'm taking that opportunity to also get healthier at the same time. but. Uh, eating healthy and eating vegan is not necessarily the same thing. Like it's totally possible to eat what some people call a junk food vegan diet without any particular challenges compared to eating a regular uh, conventional standard American diet. Uh, but so there's, I mentioned all those really interesting ingredients you can discover. And that's where it, it's challenging, not just because of the overwhelm, uh, but it's also because the learning curve is a little higher. All the fat and salt and, and sugar and conventional foods make food taste good. I mean, it talks to our, you know, primal brains and, and we like that. Uh, making chickpeas taste good is a little bit, it's not that it's more challenging, but it's a habit, right? Because we're not used to having such a, a clean ingredient in our mouths from the, the one part. And also we want to be using spices and seasonings to, to recreate some more delicious meals. 
without those easier tricks of fault, fat, salt, and, and sugar. And that's where advanced meal planning and prep come into play, um, especially when you're just learning the ropes. I mean, now I think I can wing a, a really good dinner quite quickly. Um, but certainly as I was getting started, it was a lot easier to, to test a new recipe, try new foods, a new preparation method, if I was not pressed for time by hangry people that just wanted to eat right now. Absolutely. I think that that's a really good point that you bring up that especially when um, you are diving into something new, you're making habit changes. It can be really, really powerful to, to think about things in advance. And that's something that I, that I bring up a lot when discussing any kind of diet change um, that by just making those decisions ahead of time, you, you, you take out a lot of that stress and overwhelm. So yeah. And you don't have to rely on willpower, right? Yes. Because willpower is not something we have a lot of at 5.30 p.m. on a Wednesday. Right. <laughs> we, we, there's a better chance we have it on Saturday or Sunday when we've had perhaps a full night of sleep mm-hmm. um, and a bit of time to ourselves to think. But when, you know, we're in a rush, 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 we can't make good decisions. Absolutely. Okay. So you started to kind of introduce this idea of advanced prep. Um, meal planning can be difficult. Um, for anyone and vegetables kind of have a reputation of being a little bit more time consuming to prepare, um, you know, with all of the peeling, the cutting, the chopping, and obviously eating a plant-based diet, you're going to be eating all vegetables. So do you have any advice for planning plant-based meals that fit into a busy lifestyle? Yeah, you're, you're totally right that eating lots of fresh vegetables in particular takes some effort. I mean, they, they constitute about 50% of my plate um, when, I, when I prepare a meal. Um, and that's where the weekend prep really does come in. Uh, rarely on a weeknight do I pull out the knives and do a lot of chopping. Most of the time on the weekend, I will prep one or two all-in-one dishes, like a hearty soup or a stew, like a chili or a curry. And those will be, you know, chock-a-block with veggies, uh, but they conserve really well in the fridge. There's no, there's no problem that it won't alter, even it actually makes them better, you know, on the second day mm-hmm. um, or the third day, the, the flavors have had a chance to meld. Um, even things like roasted vegetables can easily be done ahead of time without a problem. Uh, cooking whole grains is another thing that takes more time and effort than cooking refined grains. You know, three minute rice is quicker to cook than brown rice. Right. (laughs) Um, and that's another thing that's really good to do on the weekend. Um, so the, the one thing that I do at the last minute that does take time, um, on the weeknight will be, um, a dish like a stir fry that has a lot of different vegetables. And yes, there's some chopping. Sure. You can do the, veg- the chopping 24 to 48 hours ahead. Um, but that, you know, it does reduce the crunchiness a little bit. And that's where I think having all the other parts come in handy. So if I'm making a stir fry with a teriyaki sauce that's homemade, or a, I really, I have a really sweet spot for a coconut peanut sauce. I call it my cocoa peanut noodles. It's so good, but I make the sauce ahead of time and the ginger and the garlic are in the sauce. So I just put that in the blender on the weekend and it's ready made. So sure. I do have to chop the veggies on the weeknight, but at least uh, the, the sauce has been ready made. Another thing I got to say is that uh, personally, I don't peel vegetables, uh, unless it's a carrot to munch on raw with the dip, you know, maybe those I will mm-hmm. peel, but most vegetables, you know, just a good scrub with a brush and they're good to go. Sweet potatoes. I know people 
normally peel them, but the skins have more antioxidants than blueberries. So, or even last year, I learned that butternut squash skin just cooks away <laughs> when you may, you put it in a mm-hmm. soup or stew um, and it adds fiber to my dishes and mushrooms. They just need a quick rinse. My mom was peeling mushrooms when I was little. You know? <laughs> I'm like, why was she doing that? But I think, you know, in the past um, there was a lot of manure that was used in, in the mushroom uh, cultivation. It's not the case so much anymore. Uh, so, you know, we don't need to do that. So that really, that really makes a difference. I got to say too, that, um, benefit I didn't anticipate of cooking vegan food, but that I appreciate so much is that the biggest relief I have is that I'm not handling poultry anymore. And, Mm -hmm. you know, poultry is, is, uh, you know, there's a lot of E. coli. It's a, it's a real danger, right. To, to touch and eat raw chicken in the kitchen or, or ground beef. And so obviously I still need to keep my kitchen clean. (laughs) You know, I don't Mm -hmm. have a license to make a big mess, but it's not like there's a a risk of severe food poisoning uh, for most ingredients. So that's, that's kind of the flip side. And also I think rarely, um, again, going back to the three part meal, you know, it's not like I have steamed broccoli, on its own very often. Usually the veggies will be mixed into a dish in a way that um, protects them from whatever offense they might suffer when they mm-hmm. go in the fridge or even the freezer. So um, in those cases, I think it's it's um, it hasn't been an issue for me anyway. Uh, but the key is really to plan ahead so that there's not too much knifing on a weeknight because really it's the witching hour. It's not a good time to have no. sharp <laughs> objects out in the kitchen. <laughs> Amen to that. Um, and I love I love the point that you brought up. And that's something that I've talked about before, the idea that you don't have to prep everything in advance. And what I like to say is to choose your hero. You know, you mentioned the stir fry. And in that case, you want your vegetables to be cut fresh. So you're choosing for that to be your hero. But you can make the sauce ahead of time because that's something that holds up better to the time in the fridge. So just becoming strategic about the way that you're planning your meals so that you, you can do some things on the night of, and that's okay, but that's much less overwhelming when you've taken care of some of the other things. That is such a great concept and choose your hero. I love that. Awesome. Okay. So I think you've given us some great ideas about how we can protect those vegetables. I really liked the point that you made that when you're mixing these into other things, they are a lot better able to stand up to the fridge or freezer. Um, can you just tell me specifically, I, you kind of dug into this already, but how have you used meal prep to overcome some of the challenges of adopting a vegan lifestyle? Yeah. You know, eating whole foods, obviously it will take more time than pulling ready-made stuff out of a box or out of a bag. Um, but there's also huge time savings to be met by, by doing the advanced prep. And in particular, you know, I mentioned brown rice. I will cook cook four cups of dry brown rice at a time. And it feels, I don't know, like 10 cups of rice, something like that. And I freeze the extra. And it's amazing how well it comes out with just, you know, a little fluffing and and microwave after. Um, It's also far easier to make things like that are a little more fancy. Like if you want to get into making um, nut cheeses, for example, well, don't try that on a Tuesday night. (laughs) It's really better (laughs) to do it on the weekend. Or if you want to make your own uh, plant-based burgers, I love doing my own. Um, I very rarely buy the ones that are ready-made from the store, although they can be kind of decadent and lovely, but um, I I prefer to make them with lots of veggies and beans. 
Um, but you need to do it ahead of time also because they stick better once they've been refrigerated for a little while. Um, and I think, you know, the, the biggest benefit is that the stress goes way down. And it's in that case, it's the same, whether it's, it's conventional or plant-based uh, meal prep is having those building blocks. I call them building blocks, heroes, ready-made in, in the fridge. Not only I know what's for dinner, but I know it's half made already and there's no need to panic and order a pizza just because I'm tired. And that is really the key. I think it's taking the mental load of the decision of the, the feeling that it's a chore. Well, no, you open the fridge and woohoo, you know, Sunday me did all that uh, for <laughs> Wednesday me. And it's, it's such a great feeling. It is. I love that. And I think, I think that you bring up a really good point that um, when I think about meal prep, kind of the purpose of that is to make the choice that you want to make the easy choice. So suddenly if your meal is half done, it's going to feel easier to make yes. something from scratch than it is to run out to the store. And that's kind of the idea. You're kind of trying to prepare that, that self, that evening self that is not going to have self-control or willpower yes. because it's just not, it's not anything. It's not an attack of character. That's just how humans are where there's a finite amount of willpower that we have. And by preparing ourselves, we're able to make the option, the choice that we want to make the easy option. So I think you've brought up some good points about how that meal prep has done that for you. Yeah. It's the path of least resistance, right? If you've already made the path for yourself, you just need to follow it. <laughs> and that's, that's a great feeling. Okay. So for me, and you've mentioned the freezer a little bit, but the freezer is my go-to when it comes to meal prep. I also love to freeze whole grains, especially. Um, but I honestly don't do a lot of freezing of vegetables. Um, there's a few exceptions, but generally I prefer my veggies fresh. So do you have any tips for making and freezing vegan meals or, you know, what kinds of vegan foods do well in the freezer? Yeah, you know, I admit I was kind of surprised by this question because I always tell my clients vegan dishes practically always freeze great because there's no eggs and dairy that, you know, th those are the ingredients I find turn a little weird in the freezer. Uh, but then I realized that, again, for most people, vegetables mean a side dish or vegetables on their own, right? So obviously mm -hmm. I would not try roast, uh, freezing roasted vegetables. It will just turn into a soggy mess. Yeah. Um, I know some some people, you know, who are awesome and who have all my respects and they have a garden and they freeze the harvest, you know, they blanch their veggies, but then you need to almost like flash freeze them, right. To preserve the nutrients. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of admiration for that. It's not part of my lifestyle at the moment. Um, but really, I think, um, I don't know, I guess I just freeze everything, soups, stews, curries, chilies, as long as there's a, a, a hearty liquid around them. I find you quite well. Another ingredient that's uh, pretty awesome that is, there's such a universe that expanded in front of me when I, I got my first high power blender, I got a Vitamix and it's, it happened at the same time as uh, I went vegan. It's, I call it the vegan enabler because you can make all of those really delicious, decadent, creamy sauces using cashews, but not only cashews, basically any type of nut and seed. And those sauces, uh, they freeze very, very well. Um, and they, they come out, you know, you give them a little, a little whisk and they're just 
the same as if they were freshly made. And I, I really quite like, uh, quite like making, you know, a double or a triple batch of those and freezing the extra. It's not that they take a long time to make really, but if one night I decide, Oh, let's, you know, pull out the chili from the freezer. And I also find a little jar of cashew cream, I'm like, Oh, this will be so good. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's clearly, um, I find that they freeze well. Again, you know, they're not going to be crunchy um, by any stretch of the imagination if there's veggies in a dish or I wouldn't freeze a a salad, even like a bowl. Um, But um, I think I think they do okay in stews and soups for sure. Yes. And I I, you bring up a good point. And I actually I do freeze uh, more completed dishes often. But I do think you bring up a good point that sometimes freezing Um, just like an individual side of a plant-based dish is not going to yield the best results, but freezing these completed dishes, particularly soup, stews. And I love the idea of sauces. And that's something that I do a lot as well. Like you said, it's not that it's incredibly time-consuming, but it's also not any more time-consuming to double or triple it Mm -hmm. and make your life easier. So I, I love that you kind of steered people in the right direction of the way you can use the freezer. Um, even with a lot of veggies, um, it's just might not be the way that we typically think about it, or those typical veggie sides may not turn out as well as the exactly com- yeah. combined type meals. Perfect. All right. So my audience is comprised of moms like you and I who have entire families to feed. So if there are any listening that want to adopt a more plant-based lifestyle, um, how do you think they can do this in a way that their family will accept um, and enjoy that food and that it will not leave them cooking multiple meals every night to, you know, meet everybody's expectations? Oh, yes. That is such an important question. Well, first of all, and I, I really feel the need to say this, okay? Although, of course, my husband and I, uh, you know, I want my husband and my kids to be super healthy. I love them to bits. I want them to live, you know, forever and ever. The truth is I'm doing this first and foremost for me. My husband is fully on board now. He's perhaps even a little more zealous than me when it comes to healthy food. You know, my kids are super happy eating vegan food all the time, but they have a soft spot for things like vegan nuggets and like vegan cheesy macaroni. Um, There's a place for those foods once in a while, but um, the the whole foods, plant-based, the stuff that's really time consuming, like I'm motivated by my own personal needs. I know I feel better. And I think having that, you know, as moms, we tend to forget a little bit about ourselves, right? We we tend to think of the needs of everybody. And then, you know, if there's a little time for ourselves, we'll take it at the end. But I recentering myself was a really positive change in how I approached food. Um, this being said, I never, ever cook two entirely different meals. The tactic that I use for practically, you know, every dinner is that if it's not something that I know is a slam dunk with my kids, um, if I know, and in particular, they don't like things to be mixed or touching, right? Mm -hmm. Or to have a a strong spice uh, pattern, even if it's not hot, like they don't like very seasoned things. If there's any risk at all, I just deconstruct the meal. That means that I set the components aside as I cook them or I take them out of their prep you know, containers. Either I put them in separate bowls or I put it all on a big plate, but not touching. <laughs> and I leave it up to them to decide what they will eat and not eat. I think it's a, 
inspired by the intuitive eating approach, right? There's a few things that I know they will always have. And I make sure that there's some of that in every meal. It can be plain cooked grains or pasta. There's some veggies that I know they will eat all the time. So I make sure that those are, you know, standbys at most of our meals, plain beans, plain tofu, hummus, you know, they will eat those things. So I make sure that there's always two or three safe things, but they're, they're not mixed together. And as for the other uh, components of the meal, they may decide to try them or not. I encourage them to, but if they don't, I don't force them. If it turns out that their meal was too late and that might happen, you know, they've eaten all the rice there was to eat, but they don't want to touch anything else. Mm -hmm. Well, there's plenty of fresh fruit and nuts to be had um, at their next snack. So it helps to have the the prep done ahead because there's uh, those... Those cooked grains, for example, that I know they will eat, well, they can always top up their meal with that without having me cook something, you know, completely new from scratch. Um, but that deconstructed approach has been really key um, in, in making sure that they get, you know, the encouragement to explore. And sometimes they surprise me, like there's a new veggie they've never seen before. And, you know, I'm like, would you like a bite? Uh, no. Well, maybe mm-hmm. you'd like to smell it. Okay. You know, and then they might taste it. Uh, maybe not, maybe next time, you know, but um, I definitely would not encourage anyone to cook two different meals. The only time I do that is if I'm making um, pizzas, you know, I would, we, we need two or three pizzas to share between us. So, you know, I will make different toppings and the, the kids get to choose what's on theirs. Uh, but I would, I would not encourage anyone to start cooking different meals for sure. I love that idea. And one thing that I really love about that is that let's say, I mean, it's wonderful that your family has joined you and is on board with eating in the same way, but by taking this deconstructed approach, um, you would even have the option of adopting a vegan lifestyle yourself um, and your family could still, you know, consume meat if they wanted because of this deconstructed um, style of serving meals. And I am really big on family meals as well. Um, and think it's a wonderful way to give kids a safe place to try something if they want to, um, but also not expecting, you know, too much out of our kids. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a really great idea of how you can start introducing more plant-based things um, in a way that our family will accept. You know, I have a client who, um, who suffers from, um, it was called irritable bowel disease. It's really terrible. You know, she had really awful cramping for most of her adult life. And she found out that for her eating a, you know, fully whole foods plant-based diet, but also with, you know, practically no oil, no refined anything, no sugar, no salt has really made a difference. And she uses my, my meal plans mostly uh, with some modifications, but then her husband who is perfectly healthy um, and has a thing for me, sometimes he's like, oh, I like, so he actually does his meat prep on the weekend and he cooks himself a few, uh, you know, chicken breasts or something and he keeps them in the fridge. And if he feels like it on the weekdays, then he just adds um, his, you know, chunk of meat to what she has cooked as the main event for the night. So he still gets the benefit of really eating a lot more plants than he did before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has that option if he feels the need to complement his meal, uh, whichever way he wants. So that also creates an opportunity for people to learn some skills, right? I mean, my kids are now uh, five and nine, and they're starting to be big enough that I can say, well, 
if you don't like this, you can make yourself something else. Yep. <laughs> and uh, certainly most adults uh, are capable of cooking a little bit for themselves too. And I, when I decided to, to be vegan from a more ethical perspective, I told my husband, you know, don't expect me to cook any more meat, but if you want to do it, you just do it. But honestly, I think out of perhaps laziness, most partners will just decide not to do it and go along with the, with the vegan food if it's tasty enough. Yes, absolutely. Um, all right. So here at Plan Prepped and Productive, we're big on making small and manageable changes. So if someone in my audience wanted to start taking some small steps toward a more plant-based, excuse me, a more plant-based lifestyle, how would you recommend they start doing that in a simple and actionable way? My first suggestion is that, um, and it's something that a lot of my clients do, they're not vegans, but they eat what they call vegan after six, at least on weekdays, you know, Monday to Friday. Uh, so they will have a vegan dinner. But another common way is to do plant-based breakfast and lunch. And those are often meals that um, we have a little bit more individual control over, right? We can, we portion things a little differently for breakfast and dinner and lunch most of the time. Um, you know, stick with it for two weeks, make it an experiment and see how it goes and then make changes for the next two weeks. For beginners, I really recommend not trying to veganize favorite meals for starters. It's just not going to taste the same as you want. So instead, explore different cuisines. Just go to the library. There are bazillions of plant-based vegan cookbooks right now. Uh, one that I recommend for beginners is Isa Chandra. She has a number of them. She has, you know, baking books and more general, uh, you know, dinner and lunch kind of books. Just pick a recipe that looks like nothing you've done before and have a test, right? And see how it goes. Be a scientist about it. And if all of those things are too big, and I'm I'm with you on the small steps. I think it's really a good way to start for most people. Um, if all those, you know, cooking vegan before or after six, it's too much, then just start following plant-based accounts on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. There is Tabitha Brown on TikTok. She's really funny. And she, she makes like all of these cool looking vegan dishes and just fill your, your feed with those, those different uh, approaches to food and see if it grows on you. I love that. And I, I completely agree. And that's something that I've said in the past about um, not making changes to your favorite dishes, but rather looking for and recognizing the abundant um, options that we have and filling in um, in other places with more. So you're, so you're not coming from a place of, oh, I can't have this. You're coming from a place of, I have so many options of wonderful foods that I get to enjoy. So hallelujah. I'm totally on board with that. All right. So if my audience were to take just one piece of advice from this episode um, on, you know, overcoming mealtime stress or um, introducing more of a plant-based diet, what would that be? Just make sure that your personal needs, and I mean you mom, mostly moms, right? That make sure that your personal needs are covered. And one good way to do this is by prepping just one plant-based dish on the weekend, whether it's something like a big pot of curried lentil soup, for example, and you can enjoy that for lunches and that will help you feel nourished. And once you feel yourself nourished, 
then it's easier to feed others with love. I love that. And I think that's such a good point. Um, and something that I like to say, even, you know, if you're feeling like as a mom, you're in a place of burnout or overwhelm, it's probably not the time to, you know, start making your meal plan. And I love the point of just like, maybe go, even if you have to purchase it, go purchase something healthy and, um, yes, nourishing and, you know, eat that, get a good night's sleep. And then you'll be ready to kind of go about making this plan. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, I feel like you've given me and my audience a wealth of information. Um, and I've loved our conversation. Where can my audience go if they want to hear more from you? And what products and services do you have available at this time? And how can they get their hands on them? I think anybody who wants to eat more plants, um, a great place to start is my one-week planned and plant-based challenge. It's um, five dinner recipes, a shopping list, and there's instructions for a prep session. I told you I was a project manager before, so I break everything down in the most efficient way possible. And it even comes with a cook-along video that I've recorded so you can prepare the food at the same time as me, um, watching on your on your tablet in your kitchen. And uh, you can find all that at uh, veganfamilykitchen.com slash planned. And I will be super thrilled to meet you. If you um, if some of your audience members feel like they need some more personalized support, they can just hit me up on Facebook or email me to chat and I will be happy to uh, nudge them in uh, the direction of eating a few more plants. Perfect. Well, thanks again. I will go ahead and post all the links that she mentioned, links to um, her socials and to that program that she talked about in the show notes so that you can just click over easily. Thank you again for being here, Brigitte. And I think that we've got some wonderful things to think about. Thank you so much. It was a great pleasure to meet you. And I hope we get to cook together sometime in the future. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks so much for listening, friends. I hope you gained some knowledge that makes you want to try some plant-based meals and see how you can make meal prep work even when you have different dietary Uh, choices or restrictions. So I love that meal planning and meal prep can truly be an answer for so many different people. Um, And I'm grateful for Brigitte and her expertise. Uh, Next week, we're going to be talking about productivity. Specifically, we're going to be talking about the purpose of productivity and why as a mom, you might want to be more productive. Because I think we get this wrong a lot. And sometimes we think the purpose for productivity is to fit more and more work into the day, which isn't necessarily the purpose for me or the purpose that I really think you guys should be focusing on either. So we're going to dig a little bit into the why behind productivity um, and why being more productive in certain hours of the day can really open up hours for more peace and relaxation and all those things that we need as moms, right? So I'm excited to dive into that topic. (laughs) 